Hey, everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week, we are going to talk about learning how to pivot your business. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, I hope everyone is doing okay in spite of everything going on in the world right now. Um, you know, I I could talk about how these are strange times or I could allude to how, you know, it's difficult or all those, you know, things that we've been reading. Um, but you guys, you know this, you know, we're we're now uh, several months in uh, here in, in Toronto where I live. We are on week six, I think it is, of uh, sort of fairly strict physical and social isolation measures that we've that we've had put in place. And yeah, you know, that's not easy. Uh, A lot of us have uh, watched local businesses either go under or be at risk of going under. Um, You know, a lot of us are stressed about uh, our income and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys, no matter where you are in the world, this is affecting you. Um, for some of you, it's, it's much less effect than others. I do know that I, I recently just this morning was reading house, you know, some massage therapists in some states of the U S are still working their normal hours, which I admit surprises me, but, um, but anyway, you know, different place, different places are doing different measures is all to say, but I think this does affect everybody in some way, shape or form. And I think the majority of you have, found that, you know, you find yourself in a situation where you're not even sure if you're going to be able to go back to the career you once had, whether it's because you've lost your rental space or because some other reason, right? So, you know, maybe it's just you, you're not so sure it's going to be viable anymore because you're going to have to spend more time in between patients, clients, whatever term you prefer, you know, cleaning and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why we're recording this episode today is uh, to give you some ideas on how to pivot your business. So now I did talk about this stuff in the previous episode I did about a month ago. I think I called it how to tr- how to survive these trying times or something like that. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes and I will link a few other things that we're going to talk about in the show notes. There's not a lot of links this week, but there will be a few. Um, so, but if you need very specific ideas on what you can do right now to support your business and earn some income, just go back one episode, okay? Oh yeah, I did actually write down in my notes. See, I haven't recorded a podcast in so long. It's been weeks that I kind of forgot how this works. Uh, yeah, I did call it advice for these challenging times. Look, look at me. I even went back and checked. But yeah, I listed a whole bunch of ideas there, right? So some of which are directly related to health and wellness careers. You know, it's it's sort of an adjunct to what you're already doing. Um, and some of it is just like quick, I need money now ideas. So if you need like a very specific idea, you're just like, I don't know what to do. Go back one episode that will give you some ideas. Um, But today I want to specifically talk about pivoting your business that is going from whatever in person service you might have been providing before this whole Coronavirus thing happened. So massage therapy, physiotherapy, yoga, 
whatever, you know, and switching it up to a new business idea and model. Because I know a good chunk of you right now are in that position. You know the world has changed a great deal, like I was saying a second ago, you know. And you aren't so sure you can go back to your previous career. Or you know what? Some of you might not even want to. This is giving you a chance to reflect and you're going, you know, I... I liked what I was doing, but I want to do something different now. You know, you want something new. And now a word from our sponsor, which, by the way, is actually just me. (laughs) So I promise I'm not throwing a random ad in here for you. Because my actual sponsorships that I had lined up for the podcast for this year, spoiler alert, we were going to look at sponsorships for 2020 with Life Beyond the Massage Table. Um, mine are on hold because COVID-19 coronavirus is affecting us all, including me, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, all to say, I am writing an entire ebook on the topic of pivoting your business. It's going to go into even deeper detail than I provided here in this podcast. There's going to be checklists, there's going to be specific ideas. Um, it's going to be fairly detailed. I've only just started on it. Now, I want to be clear here. I always like to give you guys lots of food for thought here on the podcast. I promise this isn't going to be a whole podcast episode where like I say a few things and say, but if you buy the the ebook, you will get the full information. Like, no, I'm going to be giving you guys some actual real food for thought, actionable ideas in this podcast episode. And again, you know, if you go back one podcast episode, there's also some stuff. So This isn't just a giant sales pitch for the book, but I did want to let you know that I am working on an ebook. But I do have some food for thought and takeaways for you guys to use right now, because that's what Life Beyond the Massage Table is here for. And funny enough, actually, I was reflecting on this the other day. This might be a particularly fitting name for, for a podcast right now, since many of you are indeed trying to figure out what's next for your life beyond massaging or beyond whatever it is that you know, you were doing prior to all this happening. But yeah, there's a lot I can say on the topic of pivoting and figuring out what's next for my own experiences. For those of you who don't know, I used to be a registered massage therapist myself. And I took my business like digital online starting in 2013. And I sort of made the full transition in like the summer of 2014 and into 2015. But anyhow, my target release date for the the ebook is June 1st. Yes, June 1st, 2020. Um, If this interests you at all, that's great. Go to happylittlebiz.com. There's a sign up link right there. Just sign up, get on my email list. You'll know right away when I release the book. Um, But I will mention in other places. So if you're just not an email list person, I get it. But I, you know, I do encourage you to sign up if this kind of content and this kind of thing is really, you know, of interest to you. And the other thing I want to say quickly is that if you don't want to pivot your business in any way, shape or form, you don't have to. If you are totally fine to just like wait out the storm, you know, you've you've got the means to kind of sit back and wait until you're allowed to go back to work and you are totally fine and you don't plan to pivot your business in any way, shape or form. You're planning to just go back and massage or teach yoga or do chiropractic or whatever it is you do. Um, that's great. Or if you're in a situation where you would like to maybe pivot your business, but right now you just don't have the brain space for that. You're, like your bills are paid and you just need some 
like some time to process everything that's going on because it is a freaking stressful time right now. We're in a pandemic for gosh sake. So many people are dealing with, you know, anxiety due to it, depression, um, other like mental health challenges right now. So that is also okay if you don't want to do anything in terms of pivoting your business or business anything at all right now. Because we've, you know what, we've created this society that is obsessed with like success and hustle and making that coin and all that like stuff. And yeah, you got to pay the bills. But if you've been around for a while, you know that I'm not about all that stuff. I'm about building a life in a business that's sustainable and allows you guys time for things like family and friends and vacations and hobbies and travel and all that stuff. Um, but if you don't have the brain space for that right now, that is totally fine. You do not have to invest in pivoting your business, changing your business at all right now. Take the time that you need to be healthy and okay and safe and feel, you know, feel good. Um, you know, whatever uh, measure of good you want to have for yourself. And then come back to this podcast episode. Come back to the idea of switching up your business when you're ready for that. So that said, for those of you who do want to think about pivoting right now, and I know there are a lot of you because I've gotten actually feedback from a number of people saying like, you don't think you're going to go back to massage or you know you're not going to go back to massage or whatever it is you do. It's just the, the people I've heard from are massage therapists, but I know it's not just massage therapists who are in this situation. It's many people who work in sort of a hands-on face-to-face um, career. Um, I also heard from one of my web design clients, actually, who just said that they were envious of me for having pivoted my business online years ago, because they were really wishing that their business was online right now. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to like, sell you a pitch here to bring your business online and make money. Because, you know, I mean, I've full disclosure, I've told you guys, my business has really suffered with this too, because you guys are my clients. So since you don't have money, I don't have much money right now. And that's okay. But uh, I do know a lot of you are thinking about, you know, back to the the topic at hand, I know a lot of you are thinking about pivoting your business. It's something you really want to give some serious thought to right now. So first, let's talk about how some businesses, some larger businesses have already pivoted, because there's been some interesting examples already out there. And one of the things that you're going to see with this episode is you have to get creative, you have to get outside kind of your own little like box or bubble. So looking at what other people have done is is kind of interesting. So let me give you some examples. And probably most of these you are familiar with in some way. So the first example is there's been manufacturing companies all over Canada and the US that have switched their normal operations to making PPE that is personal protective equipment for healthcare and other frontline workers, which is freaking awesome. (laughs) You've probably heard of this in the news, but some of them are like the sportswear companies like Nike and New Balance. Um, I saw this one article, you know, I shouldn't go off on a big tangent here, but like New Balance was making like these kind of funky looking masks. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool looking. But anyway, um, underwear company Stanfields here in uh, in Canada from my home province of Nova Scotia. Um, clothing companies like The Gap and H&M, H&M and Zara and like many, many other companies have pivoted. So no one really is buying much in the way of clothing right now. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say no one, but like most people, we've been joking about, you know, it's all like sweatpants and tights and, and cozy things all day long. Um, That's kind of true. Like, not too many people are buying like normal stuff that you would see at the Gap. But, uh, you know, the Gap can pivot and create uh, stuff that's actually for in demand right now. 
Also, on that note, many small businesses have started making cloth masks. Some are doing it at cost just to help people, but others are actually trying to help keep their business afloat by charging just a small amount on top of, you know, the the cost of manufacturing the mask. Um, Some examples that I know of from here in uh, Canada are Sexy Plus Clothing in Mississauga. Um, I actually got some of her masks. They are lovely. Um... And uh, Pip Robbins here in Toronto, she's normally a um, a bag, like she does like recycled leather, like bags and different things. Um, but right now she's making masks instead. And then Dobbin Design in Vancouver, one of my favorite companies in Canada, they make active wear. Um, and right now she's mostly just making masks. Um, and there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of other companies that have done the same. Like they normally do art or they normally make clothing or they normally make whatever and right now they're making masks there's such a high demand for that and another example is hotels have pivoted so you you guys know what a hotel is i don't need to explain that but what some are doing right now is they're offering long-term stays for anyone needing to isolate due to like having internationally traveled um, or they're having symptoms of the virus or whatever like if if they have nowhere to go you can do a long-term stay with some hotels Some are also uh, offering their space to the local government. For example, there was an agreement here in Toronto between uh, the housing and shelter uh, section of of the Toronto, uh, the local Toronto government. It's being offered as um, temporary shelter for people experiencing homelessness because the issue, um, without getting too deep into it, but like in, in a shelter situation, people are sort of packed in. Um, And you can't have that with COVID-19. It's just dangerous. So what they've been doing is they've been spreading people out so that uh, you can have the safe physical distancing and uh, hopefully the virus does not spread too badly or at all would be would be ideal through the uh, population of of people experiencing homelessness who need this shelter. Right. So so that's another thing hotels have done. They didn't do that for free. That was like in a paid agreement with, you know, on contract with the city of of, uh, Toronto. And another thing you might have heard of is a grocery and other food related businesses like restaurants and bars have pivoted to offering delivery of meals or groceries or other basics like paper products and yes, alcohol. Um, there's a variety of ways they've been doing that from simply offering their normal menu for delivery um, to selling products from their suppliers. I've seen a lot of that over the last couple of weeks where people are starting to offer like veggie boxes or like, you know, a, a, a care box, you know, that contains like goods that you might need at home, like soap and, you know, uh, laundry detergent, whatever, but also contains some food items. Um, It's basically all the stuff that they normally use in the operations of their business or they have access to through their suppliers, and they're selling it to the local community. So they've got some of them have gotten very creative with this, and they've done quite well with it from what I can tell. Some have even gotten really creative knowing that everybody and their their mama is making uh, bread right now, and they're selling like bread like maybe it's like a sourdough starter and some yeast and some flour and that's really creative because I know a lot of people in Toronto are really into that nobody can find yeast anywhere right now so yes those are some examples of the ways businesses have had to get creative and pivot their business model so now of course we need to be honest here for some or many of these businesses this doesn't replace their normal revenue it just helps them make enough to keep the lights on so they don't close permanently and of course for some of them it means they even with like all the help the government here in Canada has given it's meant that they've had to lay off most or all of their staff etc we won't get into that but 
this is the thing is like they pivoted in a waste to help their business weather this storm so that when we get to the other side, they can still be open and they can still have a business to go back to. And some of these ideas, they might continue on a permanent basis. For like, for example, the idea of doing like deliveries, for example, might be viable for some of them, you know, in the long term. It might not be because some of them are just literally they're doing it themselves. Like literally the owner is driving place to place and dropping off packages to people, which is normally not viable because they have to be at the restaurant or be at the business, you know, but some of them, it might be a viable idea for, you know, more permanent basis. Others might go back to the way things were prior to the pandemic. Uh, once things are, are, you know, cleared up enough that they can do that. But, you know, yeah, um, Having these as ideas you can use in your ongoing business model is not a bad, necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's certainly viable right now and it might be viable you know, going forward. It might you know, help them uh, help their business make more revenue. So let's talk about how you can pivot your business. So honestly, one of the biggest things you need to tackle is mindset. And you need to look into this before you try to do much else. And you'll see why in a second, because there's a couple edges to this whole mindset thing. The first one, and I think probably the most important one, is grieving the loss of your previous career. This is for those of you who, due to financial constraints or personal ones, cannot reopen your massage business or, you know, insert your business here after we figure out the changes post-COVID or you you're planning to go back part time only because you just don't think you can make it work with all the probable restrictions that'll be in place, like, you know, needing to have PPE and needing to, uh, you know, do mega cleaning in between clients, like whatever it might be. You you just you just don't think you either don't think you can go back or you don't think you can go back full time. It's just not going to work for you. So. You need to give yourself space to grieve your previous career because through no fault of your own, your previous business or place of employment or clinic you contracted out to is not viable anymore. It's important for you to acknowledge that and not just push it aside in favor of like a full steam ahead, you know, I need money now kind of thing. Um, I get that, yes, you know, you do need to earn. Don't get me wrong. I get what that pressure is. But if you don't grieve, you don't give yourself a chance to like feel what you need to feel and get mad or get frustrated or whatever you need to do to kind of move on in a healthy way, it is going to affect whatever pivot you decide to do. Because once you allow yourself the time to grieve and digest things, it's going to allow you a lot more sort of brain space to come up with creative ideas to put your energy into the new business. Because you're not going to be constantly kind of looking back at what was. You're going to be looking forward to what all the possibilities. So that's the first mindset thing that you really need to tackle. It's really important. And the second is shifting from a mindset of loss to a mindset of possibilities, which I kind of already hinted at. Now, this part is really hard, partly, I think, for what are obvious reasons. You know what? It's it's hard for most people. Some of you maybe like got this down, but I think for most people, honestly, this part is really hard. You have to do the grieving first. You have to get frustrated. You have to allow yourself to, you know, feel what you need to feel. 
But when you do want to move forward, you need to be ready to sort of like shed the skin of your previous career. I know that's kind of a weird image, but you'll see why I'm saying that in a second. Uh, It doesn't mean you're transforming yourself into a whole new life, like whole new you for the new year, like marketing campaigns for weight loss products. You know, we're not we're not about that. That's just not what we're talking about here. It's more about shifting into a new creative mindset so you can pursue something that is right for you. So part of the reason I'm mentioning this mindset issue is because of a common, eh, what can I call it? I guess a common trap is a good is a good way to phrase that. Um, Yeah, but something that I am seeing health and wellness practitioners falling into, and trust me, I fell into this too. So a lot of people who work in health and wellness careers don't necessarily want to own a business. Let, Let me explain that. It's just kind of something that you do because you have to. The model of massage therapy in many places, especially Canada, but definitely in the US and other areas as well, is where massage therapists or similar careers, it is very similar for physiotherapists, chiropractors, you know, yoga teachers, any kind of fitness instructor. It's all very, you know, nutrition consultants, even dietitians who work outside hospital, etc. It's very much this model where you're hired on a contract basis to the clinic or the company or whatever. So technically, you are a small business owner, you are a sole proprietor of a small business where you're contracting out to places. However, for the vast majority, I would say, from having talked to people, from having been involved in this world since 2001, when I first, you know, started my job as a medical receptionist, you know, I know that the majority never wanted to be business owners. They're totally happy working at other clinics or gyms and environments, and they prefer it that way. They want to focus on seeing patients and helping people. They don't want to be thinking about running like a brick and mortar business or all the behind the scenes stuff. Now, first, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I know many other health careers fall into the same sort of category, like I already said. But if that is you, you are someone who worked on contract at someone else's business. And yes, technically, you are a business owner, but you were never really focused on that. You were more thinking about seeing the patients and or the clients, whatever the term is, you know, or teaching the classes or whatever. And that was where you put your energy and you didn't really think about building a business so much. If you want to pivot to a new business, especially if you want an online business of some kind, you now need to shift into a more entrepreneurial, creative business owner mindset. And that is not easy. It is something you will have to learn over time. You might be used to someone else making all the rules and you are totally cool with that as long as you know you're treated well and you're able to see your clients and help people because that's what you ultimately really want. And also, you might be used to having a regulatory body that tells you what you can and cannot do. Regulatory bodies are important. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, it's great to have a set of rules that make sure healthcare providers are like properly trained and vetted and treating people appropriately and all that good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Please don't misunderstand me here. But if you now want to pivot online or to a different business model, Guess what? Those rules from your regulatory body or a previous clinic no longer apply unless you want them to. Now, obviously, if you plan to continue to call yourself a registered massage therapist, physiotherapist, chiropractor, any of the regulated professions, you need to continue to follow the regulations. 
But I want to be clear here, you can do something completely different. Your credentials will never be quote unquote gone. For example, talk about me. I might not call myself an RMT anymore. I do not put like RMT after my name on anything. But I certainly do mention all the time that I'm a former RMT, I'm a former registered massage therapist. Those skills I learned in school and through the years that I was, I was actually like registered. Right now I'm listed as being resigned, aka retired. But those skills I learned were super valuable and helped me in many, many ways. I'm just no longer a member of the college, that's all. Um, and you can do the same if you're pivoting to something new. You don't have to hold on to that credential. And I know that's hard. Because you're used to a world where you say, oh, well, the college doesn't allow that. Or, well, my room is only available for me during these hours because that's what my contract with the clinic says or like whatever. And now you're shifting to this whole new world where you can do anything and you make all the rules. And for some people, that's really freeing and exciting. And for others, it's scary and it's hard to get used to. And you just you almost don't like the idea of operating with no specific rules. So that's an important mindset shift you need to make. Now, once you've had some time to digest all the mindset stuff, I think you'll find it a bit easier to come up with new ideas on how to pivot your business or even completely change your business. So by the way, what are we, I maybe should have clarified this earlier. What are we talking about the difference between pivot and uh, like change to a completely new business model? Pivot just means you're taking your previous business and your business skills and everything and in like and you're you're changing it you're just turning it a little bit about face so say for example you're you know right now you're a registered massage therapist and you're pivoting to teaching self-care um, in online courses or uh, like by Zoom, one-on-one -on -one with people, like whatever. Like I'm just sort of throwing out an idea there. That's a pivot because you're using your RMT skills to teach something new, to do something new. But when we're talking about a completely different business model, yes, it is a completely different business model, that example. But maybe you're right now you're an RMT and you're thinking, you know, I am a really freaking good cook. I think I'm going to start teaching cooking classes or, you know, writing recipes or whatever, you know, I, it's a passion of mine. I've been doing it for years. I think I can make money doing this. You know, that's a completely new business model. So that's what I'm talking here is like you can do either of those things. You can either pivot or you can, you know, go, that was a great career. Now I'm doing something completely different. And both are viable and both are something that you can totally do. You just need to figure out which one is right for you. And speaking of that, let's talk for a moment about how to get an idea for your new business or pivot or, you know, whatever you want to think of it as. So for a lot of people, this is the hardest part, right? Like I just threw out two ideas and you guys might have gone, like your head might have spun, like I didn't even think of either of those things, you know, or some of you might have gone, well, those were obvious, Candace, and it doesn't matter either way, right? But for a lot of people, brainstorming, you know, what you can do for a new business or a pivot is the hardest part. Because honestly, as a society, especially here in North America, we're used to a model where you think of what you want to do, you go for school for it, you graduate and you get a job. Or 
You kind of fall into the job, you get good at it, you get promoted, or you move to a new job with those skills, you know, on your resume, and that's how your career progression goes. That's all great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the model of a business owner. (laughs) However, the base idea is the same. What are your skills and how can those be of service to people? That is the question you need to dive into for yourself. What thing of value do you have that people need? You need to get a little unstuck with this sometimes. I, I Totally, I get it. I get stuck with this sometimes, you know, when I'm thinking of new new concepts, new ideas. Because people do get stuck in this, you know, well, I'm an RMT, so my value is decreasing their pain and helping them with their well-being. That is great, but there's so much more that you probably have to offer to people, You know, pivoting often means going outside what you're used to or changing up your business completely because you're creating a whole new norm for yourself. So with that said, let me introduce you to a concept from my own business coaches and other coaches have talked about it as well. It's just I was introduced to it by them. And that's the idea of no bad ideas brainstorming. It's a fun, it's a fun concept. So let me break it down for you. So the idea is that if you're trying to come up with a new a new concept, a new idea um, for something, you get together with a few people you trust for a brainstorming session. So obviously in these times, you can't do it in person unless you happen to have like a big family that you're quarantined or, you know, socially isolating with. Um, so in these times, um, you might be using like Zoom or FaceTime, Skype, whatever, you know, you need to with um, some friends or colleagues you trust So you get everybody on like a a big call, so to speak. And then you have a topic and some guidelines that need to be met. And then, you know, you start brainstorming, you make lots of notes. And the rule is that nothing is off the table. You can be creative, you can have fun with it. So let me give you an example of this. So you can actually, you know, sort of see how this works kind of in action. So let's say you were trying to plan a 25th anniversary party for your best friend. So you tell everybody you want to brainstorm new ideas for a 25th anniversary party for your friend. You have a budget of $1,000 and it has to be over the weekend of May 23rd. And otherwise, you are very open. Let's go. Let's talk about ideas. So the first person tosses out the idea, how about a 50s themed party? And another says, what if you rented out a yoga studio for the day and did a big yoga meditation chill style party? That sounds cool to me. And another says, what if you did a camping trip as the party? So instead of having a party, just go camping. And another said, says, what if instead of doing a party for them, you did it for their dogs? So first off, obviously, this would be like non-COVID-19 times. So pretend we're back, you know, last year when this was it wasn't an issue and you could do any of these things. But let's look at these ideas. So from there, you might say, hmm, my friends aren't into themed parties or they're not really into yoga, but they do appreciate yoga studios. Like they look they like the, you know, the hardwood and the way they look and the sunlight and the the plants. Maybe I could rent out a yoga studio and do something with it for the, the party. That might be cool. That might be a good idea. There's one just down the down the street from my house. Hmm, that might that might work. Or you might go. Oh my God, they do love camping, but we just can't do a trip right now. You know, my kids and their kids, and it's just a trip's just not going to work right now. But what if I did a camping themed party in my backyard? Huh, that could work. Or you might think the dog party idea is the most wacky thing you've ever heard. 
and you'd never have thought of it on your own in a million years, but you know darn well your dog-loving friends would be absolutely in love with the idea and you know that they don't like being in the spotlight anyway. They were even kind of shy about having a 25th anniversary party to begin with. So you think this is totally the best idea ever to have a party for their dogs and and the dogs, like everyone else's dogs too, have a dog party? You think it's the best idea? So there's your idea. You're going to go with the dog party. (laughs) The point here is... This is an exercise to get creative and generate ideas, even if the idea sounds wacky and weird. Those ideas can sometimes generate new ideas. So don't be shy with any of this. No ideas are bad, hence why it's called no ideas, no bad ideas, brainstorming, right? And having other people involved means you're kind of like putting all your brains together and coming up with way more ideas than you could have possibly done on your own and also allows you to bounce off each other, right? Maybe the person who taught who said like, let's do a camping trip as the party, um, someone else in the circle would say, well, what if you did like a backyard party, you know, like I already said, you know, uh, dedicated to camping. And then another person says, "Ooh, ooh, I know I have an awesome party tent that you could use. And then and then like, you just the idea goes from like sort of a random concept to an actual viable idea for a party. So this is why this works is you've got multiple people and you're open to anything. You're not trying to be super limited other than, like I said, you've got your boundaries, which in this case were it's a 25th anniversary party for my friends. I have a budget of $1,000 and it has to be over the weekend of May 23rd. Otherwise, I'm open to anything. Right. So that's why this works. So now let's take this idea and apply it to your new business idea or your your pivoting of your business. So you can do exactly the same thing. You put some small boundaries on it. So for example, say you want a business that is fully online. And you also want a business that uses your existing skills so you don't have to go back to school or get any kind of like new credential. And you don't want it to require a huge budget to get started because right now you ain't got a whole lot of money. You can definitely get started, but it's got to be sort of DIY low budget just to get started. So you take that framework and you go to town with your friends and family and, you know, uh, colleagues or whoever you're brainstorming with. Nothing is off the table in terms of ideas. You look at all your skills, not just the ones specific to your professional background. You know, like I kind of alluded to before, it can be anything like maybe you're a great knitter or you're maybe you're an awesome cook or baker or writer or musician or you're the king of keeping your home organized and tidy and you think everybody would love to learn that skill from you. Maybe one of those skills or multiple of those skills can be useful in your new business venture. Like maybe not, but maybe be open to anything. Write it all down, no matter how wacky the idea, and then see what comes from it. Sometimes it's the most wacky ideas we have that generate the winning ones. You know, like like with the dog example before, right? That's a wacky idea. But like, seriously, if you had friends who didn't like being in the spotlight, but absolutely like adored their dogs like children, having a party for the dogs where you invite everybody else and their dogs, they would probably totally eat that up. So it's technically celebrating them, but in a way that doesn't put them in the spotlight. Like, what a great idea, right? You know, at least for the for the right people, that would be a really great idea. And yet you might never have thought about that on your own if you hadn't been open to the wacky ideas. So the same thing with your business. 
Be open to the wacky ideas and see what comes of them. See if it helps you generate more ideas that are like less wacky and more viable. And then once you've got a list to work from, and this is why it's important for somebody to be writing down and taking notes, you start to examine your list for two things. Number one is what's something that people need? And number two is what extra value do I personally bring to the table? That's how you start to see which ones are actually viable ideas and not just like fun for the brainstorming session, fun to kind of get your brain going. And that's why you don't toss out any ideas during brainstorming until you can actually examine them. Because, so, yeah, like I've already said a couple times now, the wacky idea might very well be the one that you modify to be workable and then it makes your real, viable, helpful to people, amazing business idea. Or the wacky one might take you on a tangent that does generate the viable idea, even if like you can't you know, in in uh, in retrospect, you can't figure out how you got from the wacky idea to the viable business idea, but it doesn't matter. The fact is, you went from the wacky idea to the viable one. That's really all that matters. It doesn't matter what path you took to get there. So yeah, I'm going to link leave a link in the show notes to more information about the concept of no bad ideas brainstorming for you guys. And that's it for today's episode. So It's really more about mindset today and about how to generate ideas to pivot your business because honestly, each one of you is different. You know, there's no way for me, especially on a podcast where it's all very verbal, for me to kind of say, you know, it has to be this or you should do this or like, here's the specific way to pivot your specific business. But I am going to dive into more specifics and with checklists and specific ideas on pivoting your business in the ebook when I, you know, when we get there. Uh, like I said, target date is June 1st, so about a month from now. We'll see We'll see how that goes, but that's definitely my target date. for. So uh, look for it then. But in the meantime, I really hope this information has been helpful to you guys. Um, it's just some food for thought on this whole idea of how to do something different with your business. You know, how to bring yourself online. Because I know it's I know it's hard. For, all, for most of you, you've been running your business, you know, face to face for many years. And, uh, you know, it's it's not easy uh, to just suddenly start jumping into a new uh, a new idea. So so, yeah. So I'm wishing you guys all the best in uh, good health and you know, stay safe. And I don't have a specific schedule right now for podcast episodes. You guys might have noticed that. Just very quickly here, the I think I maybe mentioned this in the last episode, but if I didn't, the main reason is it's a little bit tricky for me to record episodes um, when my husband and I are both working from home full time and we only own a small house. So uh, I record episodes down in the basement while he's uh, up in our office two floors away, but uh, we have a tiny house so we can hear each other while we're while we're doing these things. So it's a little it's a little tricky for me to record stuff right now, um, but you know, I'm trying to make it work trying to make it work. So I will have more episodes for you guys. Um, I just don't have a timeline for that right now. Um, They are coming though. So yeah, uh, if you have any questions about this pivoting stuff, feel free to hit me up by email. You know, all that all that information is on my website, happylittlebiz.com. Get on my email list. Uh, check me out on Instagram. You know, you guys know the stuff. You know the stuff. It's like if I was a YouTuber, I'd be like, you know, don't forget to subscribe and click the bell icon to get notified every time I post. But yeah, well, uh, I'll see you guys uh, next time. Take care, okay? 
Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes, and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there, as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.